You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, July 27th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at the website Just Baseball, where I'm a staff writer and write about all sorts of weird stuff. Just wrote about Christian Walker being an unlikely all-star. That was a lot of fun, even though it is. I know it's a divisional opponent, but still, that was my latest thing. You guys can go check that out if you please. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. I like to just drop a random pause every now and then just to make sure you guys are all keeping up and whatnot, you know? I like I like the idea of making people, like, check their phone, you know what I mean? To be like, oh, wait, did my podcast thing pause? I don't know. It's just... I'm a chaos. I'm a man of chaos. What can I say? Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. Thank you for whenever you do, maybe not today, making Locked on Padres your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. In today's episode, guys, we are recapping the four-game series against the Phillies. Uh, as always, love doing weekend recaps. A little bit late of an episode, and at the end of the episode, we're going to talk about kind of plans throughout the week because I got a little bit of a, a weird week coming up for me. Uh, I guess you could say. But let's get into it, guys. Let's first talk about, you know, I think we should talk about actually this series in terms of storylines, I think is what we should do. And I think the first storyline that we should probably talk about is a quick one. And the first thing we need to talk about is Bryce Harper. Uh, Bryce Harper, who very rightfully was pretty livid um, after, what is it, Friday's game, after messing up his... Thumb, was it Saturday's game? My apologies. Yeah, it was Saturday's game. Messing up, getting hit, and it broke his... It broke it. Uh, they broke his thumb and whatnot. It was a Blake Snell start because, of course, it was Snell in that game for the record. Five and two-thirds innings, four and runs on six hits, two walks, four Ks. His ERA is 5.6. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But on the Bryce Harper thing, look, he was upset. Snell did like this little cap thing saying like, look, it wasn't intentional. And I've never, I will say one thing, even though I've critiqued the Padres over the last couple of years for being a team that embraces the fun and the dancing, especially with Tatis and whatnot, that they can occasionally not reciprocate that fun energy. And they're not, or I should say, they're not as receptive to that same energy with opposing teams. I think of Machado versus Bruce Dargratterall. I think about the unwritten rules thing. Earlier this year with the, I believe it was a bunt from Mauricio Dubon. I forgot who, when the Padres were getting killed. And then they get upset about that. I know, I know. I, I tend to criticize the team for that. But I don't, I've don't. i never criticized them as a team that, I don't think that they throw at guys though. So I don't think that this was intentional. I think Harper kind of maybe knew that. But it's a really tough break for the Phillies. And I understand Phillies are like number one ne- enemy right now is Blake Snell for a while. Uh, And in fairness, Blake Snell is probably the number one enemy for the San Diego Padres right now. I'd say that it's a close race for number one between, you know, no, that's actually true. It's a close race for second place. I'd say Trent Grisham and Blake Snell are probably, you know, public enemy number one for San Diego fans. At least maybe I'm speaking for myself, but uh, for me, you know, Blake Snell... This is a guy who last year, I genuinely had some confidence. My good buddy Colby Olson, who writes for Just Baseball, he ranked him in his top 20 starting pitchers. He thought he was going to have a big bounce back, and he was buying into, as as was I, Ruben Niebla coming in. 
pitching coach out of Cleveland, right? We're really high on him. And Cleveland churns out great starters all the time. Go look at, you know, Tristan McKenzie right now. He's been awesome this year. And obviously with Bieber and Kluber and all that stuff, right? He's legendary. And we figured on top of that, combined with how he started going with an exclusively fastball slider combination uh, for basically the last month of his his season last year back in August, and his strikeouts were through the roof. He was awesome. Um, you might remember he had that almost no-hitter against the Dodgers until he gave up a, a home run to Will Smith, naturally, because Will Smith, for some reason, will be the hitter that always comes up huge for that team. It's very odd. It's like Mookie Betts and Justin Turner and uh, what's-his-face, uh, the one I just mentioned, Will Smith. It's never the other guys, not really, at least in my experience. I could be wrong, though. But anyway, uh, and Snell has not been good this year. And I understand that, like, the totality sometimes isn't awful. He isn't getting absolutely nuked the, say, the same way that Mackenzie Gore did in a couple starts uh, against the Rockies, right? Where it's just nonstop line drives, you're giving up multiple home runs, all that stuff. CJ Crone's taking you deep. Instead, it's just this guy can't help but walk, like, multiple batters a game, and he doesn't go deep into games. So that's why the ERA goes so high, despite the fact that most of his starts, he's given up two or three runs. Well, part of that is because if you only go three and two-thirds, your ERA is not going to look very good, right? As he did the first time he went, went against Philly. So I think that Snell, it's just really disappointing. And I think that when you look at it from from afar, and I, and trust me, there's still so much time left. I mean, the season can change drastically. I mean, I could bring up, and maybe that's another episode for the rest of the week, just talk about players who completely fell off or just went nuclear towards the end of the last season, right? That they just found it out later on in the year and whatnot. I remember Luis Castillo of the Reds, who everybody wants. He started off really rough, and then he put it back together, right? Like, it can happen. But, I mean, this isn't the only... It's not like we just got Snell, right? We saw this last year, and we're seeing maybe that August month was a little bit of an outlier. Because when I watch him, he's just not getting guys to chase. The numbers uh, support that. And he walks way too many batters. And he looks that like he gets a little bit razzled, you know, out there on the mound. Not to be a super eye-test... Uh, person because I'm not a professional scout, but he does seem like a guy who gets a little bit razzled sometimes, at least. Uh, maybe maybe that's just his body language and that he just looks tired. It's pos- totally possible. We talk about that a lot on the show, that grief and emotion and personalities aren't always the same. Someone who's just sitting there stoically might be absolutely livid that they just were doing you know bad stuff. Or you could look like Jesse Winker and Phil Nevin and the, the Angels uh, Mariners brawl where you're actively showing that emotion. So I don't want to always judge that. But that being said, Snell, he, I mean, it's looking like a bust. It's looking like they bought high on a guy who had that big World Series game, right? He was striking out all the batters on the Dodgers. We love that from him. And he was going to exact revenge against them playing in the NL West. And they traded him probably at the right time. I know that the return hasn't necessarily been as devastating of a trade to look back at as, say, the Austin Nola trade or even, heck, even maybe the Mike Clevenger trade. But looking at it, you know, Luis Patino, I still believe in for the Tampa Bay Rays. So we'll see how that all shakes up. But it just looks like he had one Cy Young season and he's just an average pitcher, uh, a maybe slightly above average pitcher who can give you some really good starts every now and then. But combine that with the fact that he's also on the books for next year, it's, I think, the second worst. It's between that or Trent Grisham as the, the worst developments currently going on for the Padres. I actually still kind of believe in Mike Clevenger. The thing with him is health. But anyway, guys, before we talk about some more storylines and the rest of the series in more detail, everybody, let me talk to you about something real, real yummy. Real, real yummy. 
You might think I'm going to be talking about Built Bars, but it's actually not, guys. It's a product I use a bunch. It's called Athletic Greens, everybody. If you don't, you know, look, look. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You want more energy? You want to optimize your immune system? Athletic Greens gets you covered, right? One delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's all the things, man. They got all the things for this. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while tasting good. Guys, right now, I mean... What can I say? It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. One scoop and a cup of water every day. It's just that simple. Look at me. Look at me. Ready? Ready? Let's just pretend this is Athletic Greens right now if you're watching on YouTube. Mm. There you go. I could drink it just like that. This isn't Athletic Greens that I'm drinking right now, but nonetheless, it's just that simple, guys. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is MLB, MLB, <clears throat> excuse me. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And also guys, really quickly, let me tell you about Blue Nile when it comes to celebrating all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of their dreams to getting classic and timeless jewelry paces, man. Uh, they got you covered, man. Blue Nile's got you covered. It's just all at prices you won't find at traditional jewelry. And of course, fine jewelry and wedding jewelry. Got to break that down really quick. Wedding jewelry, bring engagement rings, bands, that type of stuff. I mean, wedding, duh, kind of self-explanatory and fine jewelry being like diamonds and cocktail rings and necklaces, gemstones, stuff like that, right? Like the cool fashionable stuff that you might see uh, displayed in House of Gucci, if anybody remembers that movie. I never saw it, but I just know it was a wild movie, I think. With Lady Gaga? That came out last year, right? Anyway, uh, guys, if you want to check out and find the piece that will make them happy, Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Lockdown Sports listeners, you're getting $50 off of orders 500 or more. This is a podcast exclusive, right? Use code LOCKEDON to get it. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Let's keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. So we talked about the Bryce Harper situation and Blake Snell. That game, they ended up losing 4-2, by the way. I should bring it up. The Padres were unable to get to Zach Eflin, who actually is like the epitome of an average guy who will just throw you innings every now and then, Zach Eflin. Every now and then, he has like a start against the Angels from a while ago, eight innings and then six strikeouts and no runs. Like He'll have those, but the Padres were unable to hit him. And speaking of that offense, I mean, in fairness, it does need to be talked about that. Uh, Manny Machado is expected to be back somewhat soon, um, which is just a super sigh of relief, right? Because this offense desperately needs him back, especially without Fernando Tatis. Um, Jerickson Profar, he had an okay uh, series for the most part. You know, he, he put together some decent at-bats and he drew a walk. But for the most part, the Padres offense really, uh, you know, went to sleep. I'd say, for the majority of the series, um, which isn't great. And it's not great that Luke Voigt, who prior to this series, he had like an 811 OPS. 
uh, in the month of what are we in June uh, prior to this series, like he was really raking with the six home runs that he has this month. Um, and overall, I was hoping that would come back. But in this Philly series, he did not manage a single hit and he had one walk and he also had a four strikeout game in this Philly series. So that's a big problem for me is the strikeouts for Luke Voigt. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some good players in the league that haven't cut their strikeout rate down necessarily that are still being, you know, pretty productive. Uh, I think of Eugenio Suarez over in Seattle. He's had a nice bounce back year. He's hitting for a decent amount of power and a lot of really like clutch hits for them while maintaining a decent walk rate and all that stuff. So hopefully Luke Voigt can put something like that together, but he needs to get back on track. Hopefully this upcoming series against D-backs pitching can help him out. Nomar Mazzara, you know, Abrams, he got called up. He actually has a big hit, I should actually mention, in Sunday's game. He had a big hit, a Sunday game that they end up losing. But nonetheless, he did have a double, uh, ground rule double, uh, actually, which allowed Nomar Mazzara and Austin Nola to score. And then Nola actually hit a double. Forgot to, I'm mentioning Austin Nola. So you know what I got to do for all my YouTube listeners? Got to throw on the Nola hat. Um, but even for the most part, I mean, there's not much else to talk about, right, with the Padres offense in terms of the, the daily recap, right? Because the Padres offense has been... You know, it's it's been it's a lot of situational hitting. Um, I remember I saw some people on uh, the Twitter sphere uh, talking a little bit about this. Isn't to dog anyone, but you know, some people dogging Hassan Kim, and that's totally understandable. But also at the same time, there has been improvements with him, and defensively, he's great. And as a defensive guy, if that's his thing, is he's a defensive specialist, and that's who you have replacing Tatis. You could do a lot worse, right? You could have guys that aren't good defensively and they're also, you know, pretty poor at bats or their at bats don't make up for the lack of defense and vice versa, right? So at least Hassan Kim is doing that. And I remember at one point in the season with runners in scoring position, he was hitting okay. I mentioned at the top of the podcast that I wrote about Christian Walker. And one of the things with him is, you know, he hit a home run against the Padres, but you know, despite his 19 bombs, 14 of them have come with uh, no runners in scoring position. And he has like, the lowest WRC plus in batting average, the third lowest, in fact, uh, in baseball among these kind of uh, home run heavy hitters, you know, guys who've hit like 10 or more home runs. Uh, He hasn't been able to drive guys in. So that shows you like sometimes not an indictment of players skill, but just how they've performed lately. Right. Uh, How not necessarily their value totally and what how good they are, but just like what their season has been like. Right. Um, That's what I think is what we can learn from this Padres team is that they've been, for the most part, pretty clutch in certain situations. The problem is how much will it keep up? And I think that this series showed you that against some stiffer competition uh, when it comes to their bats, an offensive bat team, hold on, a team with more offensive acumen, I guess you could say, uh, the Padres can be a lot more vulnerable. Um, And I think that what you saw here is also... um, on top of the Nabil Krismat, who blew the game uh, on Sunday, giving up a two-run home run, if I'm not mistaken. Who was it, too, though? I should probably mention that. It was Sakal Schwarber, who absolutely hit a, a missile, um, which was unfortunate. That That's just what happens sometimes, right? This bullpen is, is really weak. Um, hopefully, it can get better over time. Hopefully, maybe you get... You know, Adrian Monahone went back on the IL. That was bad. I know they brought Mike Clevenger out of the pen at some point. So, let's we'll see how that shakes up. But for overall, that's the big story. Uh, for the Padres is that they're pitching, you know, can it hold up, right? Can it hold up is a really, really important question. I guess before we, I'm trying to think actually if we should talk about Gore now. Yeah, let's talk about Mackenzie Gore now. They end up winning their one game of the series, a one nothing W for the Padres after Mackenzie Gore uh, bounced back and against a pretty tough lineup. Uh, granted, this is a lineup that, 
you know, hasn't necessarily performed, uh, as I talked about with Connor Thomas on Friday, to the best of their abilities. Um, this is a team that has Nick Castellanos and JT Romuto struggling. Um, I am in a group chat of a bunch of baseball fanatics, and I called JT Realmuto mid. Um, I was kind of joking. One of my bits is I always just make fun of players, but I'm most of the time not serious. I'm not making a take usually, so I'm like, wow, it's crazy how JT Romuto is just, he's mid now. And then he promptly manages to hit two home runs in this series, including a big one in the first game. Uh, and I got roasted for that online, so that was rough. But, um, you know, he's been struggling a little bit this season. And then this Castellanos, who also has an RBI in Sunday's game, he's been struggling. So, of course, the Padres helped him out with that. But I would say the offense... Yes, it's unfortunate that it didn't show out this time, but I really do believe that sometimes you have to look at and say, Philly's not a too bad of a team. I actually think that their record and their disasters, um, like the blow up against the Mets, the fact that they fired Girardi, I actually think has overshadowed that they're still a pretty decent team. Um, they have a 39-35 record right now. Like, they're a good team. And I think that the bad has distracted people from the fact that they still have a decent amount of wins. And I think they're a pretty decent team, uh, especially if they can fix some defensive stuff maybe down the line. But um, Mackenzie Gore, sorry about going a little bit all over the place there. Mackenzie Gore in this game, uh, five innings, zero under runs, which was great. Three hits allowed, uh, four walks, four strikeouts. Thought he looked solid. Um, I thought he looked a lot better. And I think that, yes, while he did walk four, um, again, it was against a pretty solid Phillies team. And considering his last two starts, he only lasted cumulatively six and a third innings over his last two starts against Colorado. That was rough. But even starts like this, while they're not looking, you know, like the start he had against Milwaukee when he struck out 10 and over six innings, no runs. Like, even if he doesn't have those unbelievable starts bottom line is Mackenzie Gore considering everything he's been through uh, being able to go out there and be a rotation arm being maybe the number three or four guy in this Padres rotation is still huge for the team and um, I'm not really all that concerned and I don't think a lot of people are either I was going to be concerned if he got lit up again but he didn't and that's really all you can hope for right I think that it's going to take time and teams are going to learn you know they're going to be able to adapt to that fastball of his and they're going to be able to probably adapt to you know, the off-speed stuff. So we'll see how it all shakes out um, uh, over the course of these next few months and maybe against these old Dodges, man. It's going to be a tough series for him. That's going to be a tough start. Hopefully he can deliver, guys. But before we talk about the last thing that I think is worth talking about, which is Mr. Cotton-Eyed Jojo Musgrove. Before we talk about him, ladies and gentlemen, before we do that, let me just tell you really quickly, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball stuff, obviously. Or actually, forget the NHL part. Forgot that the Stanley Cup Finals ended. Shout out to, that. Shout out to the Avalanche, dethroning the Lightning. Shout out to you guys. Hope all the, the Avalanche homies out there. You might not be listening to this, but hopefully you guys are doing all right. Um, find all those odds, guys. It's your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Go check it out, guys. Mobile device or on your laptop, whatever. Go check it out. Bet online where the game starts. So as I mentioned, we got to talk about Joe Musgrove really quickly. Ranger Suarez 
versus Joe Musgrove. A actually, you know, not bad pitcher for the Phillies. He has he has a couple blow up starts every now and then, but Joe Musgrove had his first poor start of the year, and I mean a poor one. Uh, it just wasn't great. He didn't look like himself, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, six innings, uh, six earned runs on seven hits, one walk, one strikeout. So that was not great, right? Like this was, and I, here's the thing. Aside from just chalking it up to being due for a bad start, because I know that some people don't like it necessarily when I just say stuff like, you know, he's due, right? Um, like, he's due, and that's uh, that's it, right? Like, I just say, oh, he was due. But sometimes it's true. Uh, Joe Musgrove wasn't going to have a great start every single time for this team, right? And especially against the Phillies team, I'm not necessarily surprised that it happened. But it was a really poor start, right? And I think that's something that you hate to see, right? His ERA ballooning um, after the start to a 2.12. <laughs> That's because it was at a 1.59, guys. So Joe Musgrove has still been great. And the fact that he didn't get any strikeouts, the fact that he gave up so many runs to this Phillies team that really kind of, he was working around it at points. You know, Odubel Herrera reaches on an infield single at one point in the game. But then the Kyle Schwarber and JT Romuto inning, top of the six, he had been doing okay before then, right, for the most part. But he just kind of fell apart at the end. And I think that it shows you the fact that he just had one kind of poor inning and it was later on in the game, maybe this could be a question of fatigue. I want to give a shout-out to Emily on Twitter. Rennis Pink, Pink? Pinkle? Rennis Pinkle on Twitter, uh, who I've gone back and forth about, who kind of brought up, you know, honestly was surprised to see him back so soon considering the physical strain starting a game has on someone. Everyone I know that's had COVID is not breathing great for weeks after. It's a great point, right? And maybe it's possible, considering that most of the damage was done later on in the game, maybe he just felt a little bit fatigued. Right, coming off the COVID aisle, that's totally fair, right? And this affects people differently. So I think that on top of him just being due, and it being a really good team in Philly, I think, especially with their bats, um, with guys like uh, G- JT Romuto getting to them and Kyle Schwarber being a beast, guys like that, right? Like, you know, I think that it's totally, totally fine. And I think that if you're the Padres going forward, this really doesn't change anything. He's still the ace of the team, and still. One of the frontrunners for the Cy Young Award. Uh, I know that Corbin Burns and I know that Sandy Alcantara are in there. Sandy Alcantara is a beast. Uh, it's not ridiculous, guys. I, I don't like it when people do the thing where it's like it's obviously Joe Musgrove, right? And they really want to debate you on that. It's like, well, Sandy Alcantara has actually been really incredible for the Marlins despite the lack of run support. But he's still been awesome. And despite the Padres losing this game, you know, you got you to gotta step up for them. It was the first time they lost a Joe Musgrove start. Um, which shouldn't be a big surprise for anybody uh, really who's been watching this team. But nonetheless, Padres' offense needs to show up more, right? They just have to. They have to be able to pick up Musgrove when he has a poor start. But again, I sound like I'm not concerned because I'm really not, guys. This is not... It was a tough series. They had some tough losses. I really thought they were going to get that W on Sunday. But of course, Krizmat gives up that home run to Shorber and whatnot. Like, this is just what happens every now and then. And um, I hope that... What's his face? Uh, Bryce Harper. Uh, you know, that the injury doesn't take too long, but that's really unfortunate. So it's one of those things where don't worry, guys. We aren't the only ones who lost this series. You could argue that Philly, uh, what's the, the Wario meme, right? I've won, but at what cost? Losing Bryce Harper for potentially a long time. Now, don't get me wrong. I know Padres fans will say, I don't want to hear the Philly fans complaining because we lost Machado and we lost Tatis before the season started. You don't see us complaining. It's like, 
you know, first of all, if you say that, yeah, we have complained a lot and rightfully, but uh, you know, the it's it's understandable why Philly fans would be upset. So I've been going a little bit back and forth today because I'm a little bit unfocused right now. And why is that? Because for this next week, I'm actually going to be traveling to North Carolina uh, for my sister, uh, my stepsister, uh, her like little kind of celebration family thing, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, that means that my posting schedule may be a little bit erratic this week. But nonetheless, you will get your content, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry. Don't worry. And later this week, probably going to do a crossover with Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers. Going to talk about this upcoming Dodgers series. We got two games coming up against the D-backs. Those should be fun. Some get-right games, uh, potentially, for the Padres. Really curious to watch them. I'll be able to watch them from uh, the place I'll be staying at. That should be a lot of fun. And then we've got a Mariners series that's upcoming for this July 4th uh, matchup which should be a lot of fun. I just mentioned earlier the brawl between the Mariners and the Angels. Uh, just <laughs> just super funny stuff. And I feel bad because the Mariners players that got ejected, Winker, Julio Rodriguez, and I think J.P. Crawford, like those are like they're actually really good players, and especially Winker, who'd been heating up for them. I know this because he's on my fantasy team. That like I don't know, maybe will those guys play in the series against the Padres if they like appeal their suspensions? When I'm curious to see how that all plays out. But uh, for the most part, this upcoming Dodgers series, will Manny be back for it? Is probably the biggest question, right? Will he be back for this series? I hope he is. You're gonna need your A game against the Dodgers. Um, but considering that the Padres just with Musgrove and the COVID IL stuff, right? With the fact that, you know, they just were, you know, kind of shaky throughout and losing Machado, like at some point that's going to hurt you, right? All that considered, I thought they performed uh, pretty well. And uh, Jorge Alfaro has is been one of the biggest surprises, I think, on the team this year. Uh, dare I say, I mean, at least pro far beforehand, like, you know, in 2020, he was pretty solid, but for... The Padres, I mean, I totally forgot to talk about Jorge Alfaro, who's currently hitting 279 with a 479 slugging percentage. He had a little bit of a poor weekend, but he's been one of the best hitters on the team, which is just crazy. Next to Manny Machado, he has the second highest oh, uh, slugging percentage on the team, granted in a small sample size, which I think is part of why Jorge Alfaro has succeeded. But nonetheless, that's been pretty great. And then also, I forgot to talk about him. You Darvish. Dare I say you, Darvish, and, and I haven't been paying t- enough attention necessarily to the entire National League this year. I, I really haven't. I think that there's been a lot of, you know, pitchers that I haven't necessarily been paying attention to. Has you, Darvish, arguably been one of the more underrated starters in the league? 3.26 ERA. He hasn't necessarily looked like an all-star this year, but consistently going deep into games and that was something that didn't happen for him last year so following the sticky stuff breakdown yes the strikeout rate is alarmingly low compared to what we're used to it's still around hovering around that 20 percent he did have a nine strikeout game against the phillies they didn't win the start but nonetheless and he looked pumped up at a couple of strikeouts that he got which was great but you know he's lasting longer into games and the contact stuff is okay it's not great for him but Considering that he's a pricey option and you're worried considering that he's on the books for next year, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from you, Darvish, right now. He looks composed and just looks like he's attacking hitters the right way. Remember that last year, um, he didn't have a single start. He had like two starts that were like genuinely you, Darvish starts for the rest of the year. And since his first half was so dominant, we kind of the total numbers for him. Right, his total ERA for the end of the year didn't look awful because of such an incredible first half. Right, but now. That's the big question. Can he keep this up? Is he adapting and saying, I won't be able to get the same level of strikeouts, but I can monitor my control. He's not walking batters and I can last longer into games. 
We'll have to see. The big thing with him, considering his age and everything, will be how far he lasts into the season. So hopefully he does. And we'll just have to wait and see, guys. Just have to wait and see. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter. And, of course, if you want to see the NOLA hat, the YouTube, be sure to subscribe. And until next time. Stay safe and of course stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.